Peter Hill Explains, where I invite you to join the science teaching conversation with me about a recipe for quantum mechanics. So in this time, I'm just going to tell you how you can actually get to know quantum mechanics <coughs> by just putting things on a kitchen bench and you get a feel, actual, uh, a actual feel for quantum mechanics. And uh, this is quantum mechanics. So there's the uh, mechanics that you listen at school, and the mechanics that a mechanic, actual car mechanic uses. And then there's this new sort of high-fangled mathematical mechanics called quantum mechanics. And <clears throat> it's got an awe of advanced mathematics around it. There is a bit of advanced mathematics. There's uh, the old square root of minus one, complex numbers, very hard. There's SU2 symmetry, which is Mobius strips. That's also very hard. There's differential equations, which uh, are just not the type of thing that you use uh, for seeing how much money you've got. Differential equations is probably to do a little bit with interest rates and stuff like that. But in general, quantum mechanics just appears too hard <coughs> and we've gone through a process of teaching it wrong uh, all there and uh, what it says is that uh, the fundamental thing that we're going to maneuver around is the idea that say if you pick up a, a big pumpkin a pumpkin and uh, you pick up an orange you say that the orange and the pumpkin are pretty much the same type of the fruit, but uh, they're different. Uh, one's a vegetable, one's a fruit, uh, but they're the same in that uh, you could shrink a pumpkin down to an orange size, and so the size is giving you something, and you could say that I can shrink right things right down to the smallest particle possible. <coughs> now, the smallest possible is extremely simple and a pumpkin or an orange is quite complex because the orange has a surface and it has forces within it which hold the orange together. Get the orange in one place, inside the orange and outside the orange there ain't no orange. Now because it's a bit more difficult, like if the orange was a uh, like a planet, it would have forces pulling it together. But if it was an electron with electric charge, it would blow itself apart. In fact, you only need a little bit of electric charge on an orange, and you could throw it up, fire a charge as an orange, the orange would build up with electrons, the electrons would want to rip apart and it would rip the orange apart. Or if the uh, orange had hair, the electrons would go to the hair and the hair would stand on the end in the orange. So this is fundamental thing that uh, when you shrink things down, so if you had a table uh, of properties of an orange, it would have taste, mass, surface, uh, momentum. If you span it or you threw it, it would have different momentum as it would have angular momentum as you span it around. In fact, it would have parts. You could actually monitor how fast it was moving 
by putting a little piece of paper on it and you could see how fast it was spinning. And so you could, for an orange, you could write down this, this table <coughs> of things. So, say a hundred items defining it. Uh, then as you got smaller and smaller, the number of things you could write down reduces. And for an electron, you can't, the number of things is very small. So an electron is completely defined by a charge, a magnetic field, uh, and I suppose Planck's constant. They're, they're the three things that go in there. They're sort of fundamental that uh, come off to an electron, and there are no parts for it. The important thing for something with no parts is with no parts, there is no machine, there is no explanation. So for an electron, uh, uh, there is no explanation. An explanation is only necessary if you make it look like a machine. And so this is a fundamental thing that uh, we could, uh, high level stuff we're going to try and address with quantum mechanics. Now, as I said, it's going to be a kitchen bench experiment. <coughs> Free to do it. No mathematics involved whatsoever. Not really. Possibly a little bit of mathematics to describe it. So for this demonstration, you need two jelly beans. And you also need a little, a packet, a fairly large packet of sherbet. Sherbet is this uh, combination of, uh, I think, baking soda and tartaric acid and uh, sugar. And if you put it in your mouth, it uh, fizzes. So I don't know whether it's in all countries it's called sherbet. <coughs> so you need these things. Now, of course, why you need two jelly beans to start off with is that I'm not a bastard. I know there's a temptation to eat a jelly bean and... So just pick one of those jelly beans, put it in your mouth, and eat it. But as you're eating it, sort of taste, get an idea of the surface of that uh, that jelly bean. It's got a surface, chew through it, get the flavour of it. Some of the natural jelly beans I've eaten recently are pretty, pretty awful. Uh, so that's jelly beans. And uh, what we're going to do is say a jelly bean is... The school version of an electron. Everyone thinks a jelly bean. The electron is like a, a little tiny, tiny, minuscule jelly bean, which is circling the atom. Now, for it to be so tiny, it's got to be pull itself in really tight, because if it's like a charge, it will fly apart and uh, pop up to be much bigger. And uh, <coughs> if it's got some charge, charge on it. If it had a surface uh, to actually build a, uh, if, you know, I was the President of the United States, Trump says, build me a classical electron, they'll say, Mr. President, that's going to take all the energy of the entire United States Navy, even more than that, to actually build you one electron, because that electron uh, has electric field, but the electric field is very intense, if you go really small, uh, you know, the, the field lines get really crowded together and that means a lot of energy, more than all the US nuclear 
Arsenal, sir, we can't do it. But, of course, uh, teachers do it effortlessly, and they put a little dot electron on the, on the board. But, and when they do it dot, they think it's probably circle, and so jelly bean's close enough for it. Uh, the reason that I want you to do a jelly bean is that if I got you a circular sweet, it would just roll off the table. The jelly bean will sit there. And I can get you, say, two jelly beans or a packet of jelly beans. You give the packet to everybody else. You put two, two in there. And you put that jelly bean on the table. <coughs> now, I'm going to say that you're going to have to do a little bit of wrapping to understand it. Uh, the, uh, uh, what you're going to do is... You're going to place it on the the table, and uh, you have your friend there. Move it, and say the table is moved across. You put the jelly bean in the centre, and uh, your friend. Uh, then you put your finger above where you think the jelly bean is, and you push your finger down to where it is. Your friend is measuring where that is on a piece of paper, recording it down. And if your finger misses the jelly bean, you say zero jelly beans. And if the uh, uh, finger actually happens to the jelly bean at the 50 centimeter point, you write one. And your friend is plotting this all out per centimeter, watching you do this, going down. And he will, or he or she, will produce a graph, and the graph will go from 0 to 100 with a little, like a bar chart, a little uh, raised up version at 1. And that chart is the chart of how much electron exists at locations in space. So a chart of how much it exists in locations in space is what we call a wave function. <coughs> now that wave function is the wave function of an electron. And uh, there's several things. One is, if you wrote down the equations for that, uh, it'd be complicated. Uh, it wouldn't correspond to anything that we ever measure. So no experiments would correspond to a, uh, uh, a jelly bean. So the jelly bean thing, doesn't exist in our universe at the end of the day. I'm sorry, it's wrong. It's wrong in that no experiment supports being able to touch touch one. In fact, we do have a uh, finger which touches electrons. We've actually built one. and We've done that experiment and we found that's not what happens. That's not what happens. And... Uh, <clears throat> it's not true. So besides being a, a what should say, a, a mathematical insanity, it's a, and uh, not solving any real-world question. We've also done the experiment with a finger and found that that is not true. An electron does not exist like that. And so this, and besides that, there's reasons ahead. We know that electrons don't have a surface. There's a whole, there's a whole thing of saying, don't do that. That's wrong. 
And what science says is, in the bucket of things that we call science, we have picked up things, who, like a lucky dip, we've gone in, we've looked at it, and we say, can anyone find some evidence that disproves it? And if one person in the planet has one piece of evidence that disproves it, are you sure? Yes, sure. Out it goes, flies over the head. So you've got a bucket of things which are only true. Now, of course, this jelly bean has been disproved, so it's not part of science. It is part of traditional folk science taught by schools. Okay, that's, the bottom line is your kid will learn about the jelly bean electron, the point electron, the electron which is small. So, uh, we're going to go through here. What's the second thing you can do? The second thing we're going to do is introduce you to what quantum mechanics is like, feels like, and tastes like. So what we're going to do is that we're going to uh, pour the uh, uh, sherbet into a pile at 50. So initially, it makes a little hill a little hill peaked at 50 a bit further out and what we're going to do is that we're going to thump the table and that will mean that the the uh, little uh, sherbet dust will travel further and further out and eventually it tipples over the edge of the table and measure across some of it tipples off and that is for us is effectively infinity now this time <coughs> Your, it's not going to be you feel it when you uh, touch it. You put your finger down at a point and you taste it. And so there is a little bit, a tiny fraction of sherbet here. And you can go all the way up. And the person will then draw a curve a beautiful hill, there's a little hill at 50, not very much above it there, and either side, about the width of a, a, uh, a jelly bean, there's as much under the curve in the center there as there's to the wings. And that's what we call the uh, mathematical surface of an electron, this is the mathematical boundary a probability boundary, well not really probability boundary, the electron as we have found with experiments and uh, computer modeling and building drugs, building computers, building everything is that pile of sherbet. That electron is smooth, it doesn't have a surface like a jelly bean, jelly beans this. It's actually a dusting of electron through space, <coughs> and uh, you can actually have that electron through. It's in actual fact a wave, and it's got a whole heap of properties that are very hard to. Uh, what is it? Uh, you can understand them 
but you can't comprehend them. So, when that electron can appear to spin, it spins with its, uh, with its, uh, uh, what do you call it? It's a complex number describes it spinning. That electron also has, it's got no parts, it's just a fluff. That electron also has a, uh, <coughs> a magnetic field. There is no charge, no current that we can observe in that electron, yet that electron produces an innate fundamental magnetic field. There is no explanation for it. So, when I hand a child a magnet and it's not hooked up to a power supply, he's holding a whole series of aligned electrons and there is no mechanism in that electron to explain the magnetic field. The magnetic field is a fundamental property. It is indeed magic. So you've got this thing. Now what you can do is that you can decide to have two or three electrons in there and there's nothing to stop those two electrons uh, being in space. They can exist in space. It's just like pouring it in. And that uh, is quantum mechanics as opposed to classical physics. Classical physics is experimentally wrong, useless, incorrect, misguided. Quantum physics uh, is imaginable. You can imagine some aspect of it. Uh, you uh, can't... Uh, there's certain things you can't imagine, but you can understand it. So this is where maths actually gets you uh, further in understanding beyond your physical comprehension. Or you, there's only just small little icebergs of comprehension you can get to, to get you a long way. You can comprehend a, a, a result which confirms your understanding, but you can't, you can never really understand how electron can actually exist through each other. So unlike a, uh, say if I got an apple and an orange, now they're the wrong things for an electron, so they've got surfaces, but they're there to help your understanding. I can actually just push the apple all the way through the orange and eat the apple and orange at the same time. So, say for in helium, I have two electrons, and the two electrons positionally cover exactly the same points in space. They don't avoid each other, they actually uh, squish through each other in space. Now, the only sort of complication that we have across there is that this is simple, this is the uh, explanation of experiments and the maths uh, and a lot of experiments and a lot of maths before we had the experiments and the maths someone said uh, what it is is that I have this cloud this uh, wave function this sherbet 
and the electron is really small, much smaller than that sure would suggest. It's mostly empty space. And what it's doing is it's hopping around, it's a little particle hopping around in space inside there. And we don't know how that's done, we're calling that magic. We've already summoned magic, this person is summarizing more magic. And uh, <coughs> when you say, how is this happening? The person says it's a very confusing argument, it's a mystery. Well, yes, it's sort of like someone who breaks into a bank and says, look, how come you've got the cash in your hand, the CD footage? Well, I didn't do it. It's a mystery. Now, the actual story, this is called Copenhagen School, and this is what's happened. They've taught something in school, Copenhagen School, the Copenhagen uh, School is a way of legitimizing the incorrect stuff taught at school, and it's the stuff that the journalists right they, they have this electron cloud and the electron comes into existence and out of existence all the time so that's the a big uh, oh a big uh, uh, what is it um, not cargo train a uh, goods train. Now, with the COVID crisis happening in Australia, that goods train has nothing on it. Just a bit of an example. Oh no, it's just one huge set of empty things uh, coming down. Okay, getting back into it. So we have three, three models. Uh, and they're not complex. You've got the jelly bean one, wrong. Jelly one is by Bohr and it's taught in the schools and it's not experimentally uh, supportable, it's not mathematically supportable, it's not scientific. That is, it's because it's not found in an experiment and it's disproven, it's got insane maths. So uh, even in a computer program, you have a divide by zero, you'll get, it will, you'll be caught such and such is insane. It's insane, it's not. It's not mathematically doable, so it's it's not it's not a viable. It's a it's a suggestion <coughs> by people who didn't know. Then you have the wave function without surface, which is the Sherbet stuff, and that is proven mathematically, proven by experiment. Uh, the backbone of our drugs, our lasers, our computers are built on this electron. Then there's the third thing, which is this thing that you really want to uh, avoid at all, all costs, and this is the uh, uh, the Copenhagen School, which tries to get the jelly bean to work in the wave function, and it fails. It's it's incorrect. Uh, it's got a whole sort of things like Heisenberg's uncertainty, civil collapsing wave functions, and uh, uh, of course, and measurement, and all this type of stuff. It's this uh, conference discussion which should have been nipped in the bud 
really early on and uh, Schrodinger who got uh, sort of caught up in, in it in that uh, it was put in a book with he wrote a chapter they wrote a chapter they suck it together and published it before he could he would say stop this is rubbish and when it came out Schrodinger said he just threw his hands up he didn't actually understand the devastation this is going to go. So what's happened is that the school system has trundled along on two things. It's grabbed onto something which a uh, teacher can teach. They say, teacher, hold this apple, give that lesson. Uh, that turns out to be rubbish. Then the second aspect is, uh, if it's rubbish, Here's this long convoluted thing where they're sort of discussing how it's rubbish and mightn't be rubbish. Meanwhile, the students are holding uh, mobile phones, uh, they're holding modern electronics, uh, they're alive, they have, when I say they're alive, they're full of these electrons which fill up the bulk of their proteins, which uh, activate their cells, keep them alive. And all the time, none of this uh, collapsing of wave functions uh, or anything to do like it. It's, it's completely insane. So I hope that gets you there. I'm nearly home and I'll publish this as a quantum mechanics kitchen experiment. And I'll just keep on plugging away. And who knows, one day I'll be able to actually crack this uh, walnut. I'll be able to smash that um, jelly bean and turn it into its rightful property of being a sherbet. another story comes to a close. It's been a pleasure sharing this moment in time with you. May you discover truly amazing things, understand them and tell others. Thanks for listening.